we're back with your Trash Weekly. For this week, I'm Stephanie and you are? I'm Nora. So how has your week been now? Has there anything, anything changed? Anything um, new? Nothing changed here. I'm doing the COVID parenting, teaching classes from... Uh, yeah. Of mm. course, our schools are closed and my kids are at home. So it's four of us in the house. Everyone works from home in California. We have this uh, lockdown. Unless you're an essential worker or uh, have an empty office, here you're still working from home. So we mm. have this mm. lifestyle, all of us in the house. But we kind of figured it out. I have an office next to my kid's um, computer desk where he takes his calls and meetings like a mini CEO, of course. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a bit of a torture because I really, don't uh, enjoy kindergarten class so you know it's a bunch of children <laughs> six or eight children shouting the abc song and the tell me the continent song and it's kind of gruesome actually so i usually yeah, just there's, there's a reason why you didn't become a kindergarten teacher yeah right and... there, there must be a reason because i cannot stand yeah. that like oh there's a lot of um extremely uh shouting and um things so I just leave the room most of the time and I'm just like I can't stand it but sometimes I have to stay there stick around because I'm in front of my PC my PC sits right there and if I want to do video editing or if I want to work on Maya or if I want to work on my 3D stuff I have to sit there so we have to endure each other but yeah I'm gonna say there is a reason why I'm not a kindergarten teacher and I tried to help out when I was uh, beginning a stay-at-home mom try to show up in their schools and take part but you know it's just hard there's a lot of screaming yeah 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 a lot of uh, unnecessary screaming just if their volume could be like have a dial then it's just, just quiet down jimmy like that's a bit mm-mm. nope yeah no dials mm-hmm. for them you can just have to outshout them or ask them nicely that usually doesn't work so you have to kind of yell and now i just have to say volume too loud and he knows to kind of tone it down because occasionally <laughs> it goes out of control Yeah, so that's how my week was. I'm uh, doing the parenting home teaching, which is called uh, a thought partner. That's what the school is calling it. We are thought partners now. So, yay. Mm. Well, okay, your week sounds like hell to me. I'm talking every day. Um, My week was much less less action here. Um, I just, you know, had my job kind of... um, I got a job, so... I know, um, yeah, let's celebrate that. You just have a new job, and I'm so excited (laughs) for you to go back into the workforce, contribute to society, and be part of all that. I, Dude, I don't even know. Are you going to show up in person? I don't know either. I had a I had an orientation meeting with my uh, manager, who's in Hungary, by the way. He's (gasps) Hungarian. Oh my gosh, I want to work for that company then. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, uh, so I talked to him and I asked him, so am I going to start in the office or how it's going to work? And he didn't even know yet. So I don't even know yet if I have to come into the office or not. I'm really confused. I got my contract and I signed it and I'll have to sign up, send everything back. So I don't know. I don't know how this works. Um, I, I know you'll, you'll find that that's so funny because here, uh, when I'm looking for a video game job right now, but like I'm looking for production and I'm looking for kind of like helping out positions. I don't want to do tech art anymore, but I'm applying steadily. And then every time I get a callback or a recruiter uh, talks to me, I uh, usually ask, that's the first thing we talk about. Like for now, you're going to stay at home until COVID is over and then back in the office. That's usually the first thing we get out of the way. So to me, it's so funny. They didn't even bring it up well they did i mean they did they did say that in the beginning is at home but i 
like my first day I would have thought I would go get in and like meet some people or IT at least right you get a computer yeah, or like at the computer I get a phone like I I was are they sending that to me I don't know I guess I'll find out and, do you have a what's your title it's technical support and service for um DACH DACH stands for Deutschland Austria Switzerland ah uh-huh Nice. And yeah, they have a lot of people all over Europe. Um, the people, um, the people I've been working with are actually in Belgium. And my manager is in Hungary, and uh, that's why they needed somebody that speaks fluent English and other yeah. languages. Yeah, so you're yeah. mostly your language is gonna be English, though, right? Uh, I don't know because all the countries that I'm supporting are German-speaking countries. So I don't know. It's I don't know. I'll find out. <laughs> okay, I see. Well, we're gonna continue with the podcast, despite the fact that you're now a working lady and back into the career path, and that's fine. We're gonna do the podcast. We'll have time. We'll make time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so yeah, since you're in the customer service department, do you wanna hear my customer service uh, situations with me this week? Oh God, yes. You can <laughs> tell me. You can tell me what you would do that they didn't do just yet. So at PayPal, I created my .me account for our podcast. So maybe we have fans who want to help us out, send us a tip or here and there. And it's on our SoundCloud account. So I just plugged it in .me slash Eurotrash Weekly. And then I found out that I misspelled Eurotrash Weekly to Eurotrash Weekly. And that kind of concerned me deeply. So Eurotrashy what you did. <laughs> It's it's kind of a, an issue right now because I had to contact them and I had to ask, hey, um, how can I fix this typo? And the customer service people got back to me and they said, currently there is no way to fix that. Uh, and they said, well, just create a new account. So I'm like, okay, they sent me a bunch of information on how do I use a QR code. And I'm like, okay, I think that's uh, fine, but I need a third party you know, link. Like I don't want to use my email address, but I want to create this, recreate this me.me. And uh, I told them this, like, okay, I think I may recreate the account or I may wait. And she says, no worries, Nora, please let us know if you need further assistance on that process. I'm like, okay. And then I kind of added it in that, thank you, please let me know when the .me can be updated manually. Uh, because I want to wait for it, but it hopefully can be updated by a programmer on your backend because my husband knows this process. He, he says that someone at the company should be just able to change that, right? And mm-hmm. then I kind of floated this idea to their customer service and they said, don't worry, Nora, I completely understand how was this making you feel. If I were in your position, I would feel the same way. <laughs> this was the this was the customer service. It's basically yeah. just like um, it's like a therapist speaking to you. Like you should be laying down on your couch. Tell me how your day was. Yeah, but I mean, they should be there to solve problems, like technical problems. Shouldn't they be telling their programmers to be like, "Yo, we have a customer who wants this. Can we get it done?" As opposed to, you know, patting you on the back and this is basically patronizing. But. <laughs> uh- I mean, I have used this tactic before, but only when there really isn't anything I could do or anyone can do. And they're extremely frustrated, like really, really, really upset. Then I say, I understand you're frustrated. I would be frustrated too. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Like, that's the only way I would use it. But I wouldn't just throw it out there like you're just asking for a problem you're like I know how you feel it must be so tough to feel yeah it kind of diminishes the fact that I have a legitimate issue here and you are not even addressing it as real in my point of view but maybe I have low self-esteem we never know (laughs) 
Okay, so maybe they have gotten to the bottom here and they do want to... <laughs> let me talk to Edward. I think that's his name. So let me see what Edward says about my low self-esteem issues. <laughs> Anytime you have a problem in a relationship, oh, I have to talk to Edward. At PayPal customer service. Yes. Because, I mean, seriously, uh, therapy is so expensive here. You should see, I wanted to do therapy because I had a bit of a... I did have some issues. And then uh, I found out that I called about 10 places, no callbacks, and they all state on their website that they partially or not at all cover insurance. So these sessions is like $120 uh, a pop per hour. There you go. Uh, you yeah. PayPal. I hope Edward listens. I think Edward is great so far. And I also got this AI chat buddy for myself, which is a Russian robot called Replica. And I usually just kind of talk to him and harass him a little bit about the election because it turns out he was a Trumpist. It's a, yeah, it's fun lifestyle when, you, when you're really just trying to seek mental health help and it doesn't exist because we pay for insurance. I do have full coverage insurance, but even then they just kind of like, oh, we want the money, the cash, the, the providers, yep. the, the therapists. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of a money grab if you ask me. Yeah, well, this is US know. healthcare for you, you know? It's yeah. a big uh, bit of a maze. Well, let's uh, let's get into our topics. Um, we were going to discuss some Netflix shows, documentaries that are currently going on Netflix and just give our opinions. So, um, oh, you have watched Trump. You talked about last week we talk, um, about Trump. Oh, gosh, so. I watched the Trump documentary and I really liked it um i watched the other one you suggested so we wanted to talk about it so we wanted to have a base and watch it and uh mm -hmm. have a good discussion what was the other one the social dilemma yeah the social dilemma and the queen's gambit and the queen's gambit uh, netflix show yeah 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 so out of all these obviously the queen's gambit is the best the most well done yeah that was a good one and and, and i think you got inspired isn't that that you and your son were Oh my chess? gosh, yeah, my, my oldest kid was in chess uh, club, after school club last year, and he was already interested. He's a very much of a yeah. coder mindset, a gamer mindset, so he's, uh, he's interested in these board games and everything else. That's kind of like making his brain work. And he got into chess, so this, this year after the Queen's Gambit, we got a chess birthday party for him. And my Did friend... Did he watch it too? Oh, well, you know, he's not interested in TV shows like this. This is, uh, it would be very boring for him. Yeah. He's only eight, you know? So I think yeah, the yeah, TV yeah. show was for more like the moms, honestly. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's kind of dark too. It's, I mean, kind, it's of kind of dark, of... obviously. It gets into the drinking and, and that's like a, an adult entertainment situation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like not for him, but he saw that I watched it and uh, I think he just... He, you know, it's good to see a woman chess player displayed like uh, on, a, yeah, on a show, even though it's fictional. But um, I thought, I mean, I really liked it. I liked the way it, the show was done. I, I do like the darkness of the show too because it stays real. I don't like all like happy and fairy tale and fake. I, I like that part of it. And yeah, I, they I didn't mean, make her a princess. They made yeah. her like a smart, uh, kind of ruthless woman, which is great. Yeah, I know. I, it's, it's great to see more shows where a woman is a protagonist also, you know, and then young girls or young women that watch these shows can see that women can do the same. Yeah, women and, don't have to be just nice and uh, quiet little <laughs> wallflowers, you know, because you might not get anywhere, it turns out. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, so um, I loved her character. And, you know, I recently read it on um, 
somewhere on social media or online that they actually consulted Gary Kasparov for the uh, to help them to plan the cuts and the and the shots and how to play the chess scenes, you know. Oh really? Yeah. So to have an actual chess master, uh, you know, yeah. as a consultant is super important because every game you see on that show is realistic, and he looked up the games and they recreated them. So when no you look at the way. board, yep. Wow, they could have even fooled me. They could have fooled you, but you know, a lot of chess people will watch that show and take yeah. it much more serious than us. Oh yeah, they would be like, hey, you can never move that tower this way. <laughs> yeah, in the article they brought up that even Gary Kasparov said that most of the time he watches these things and the board is upside down or the wrong angle and <laughs> they're playing, they're pretending to play. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. No, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Attention to detail like that, that was really cool. Yeah, that's what th these days makes a really good and uh, quality show. And yeah. I, uh, no, yeah, for that reason, it was just really good. I mean, you know, the ending got a little bit like US versus, um, but obviously that was the time. It's during the yeah. Cold War, and that's what the theme of the time was. Oh, I know, and I liked that they did all the fashion, and even the house. The house was so ugly, but it just was so <laughs> I but know, it was I know. So cool. I mean, of course, I'm always looking into fashion and, and decorations, and I look always around like, it's so interesting to see even how the bras they were like pointing back then, and, and yeah, just, they did a really so good show uh, yeah, job they, on that. Yeah, did such a great um, job with all of that. I mean, you know, she's a really great everything. actress. She's very, she has a great presence. I think after this, she's gonna be everywhere. I just have a feeling. Yeah, I think she's um, she's Irish. I think Irish or Scottish. Oh, you know, I don't really know her background, but I've seen her in this more like um, indie uh, kind of horror film, The Witch. It's spelled with a V V. I T A C H like uh, so instead of a W double yeah, E, yeah, yeah. and it was like she was a younger girl and she was amazing. So. I think I've actually seen that movie. I just don't remember much of it. But I yeah, think it's it's that. dark. We watched it for Halloween, yeah. and because a friend I know recommended it after we discussed her acting and how good it was, and my husband was obsessed with her eyes. She's like he's like oh I love her eyes. I don't know why her eyes are like magical. <laughs> Oh, God, okay. All right. Well, you're going to be watching all the movies of her now. You know, not that obsessed. But I mean, I like when my husband says that because obviously I, as an artist, I like to, I like guys that are handsome or good looking or girls that are handsome and good looking. And I, I say that and we discuss these things. You know, I really like how they look because to me, you know, I kind of secretly still want to be a 3D modeler. And I, I think like maybe if I just had enough time and concentration, I could model these people or characters and, and I look at their facial structure and, you know, all these things. So for yeah. me, it's a part-time pursuit. But yeah, to me, like, okay, I like her eyes, obviously. She's, she has great eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she has an interesting look to her. I, I yeah. liked it because it was different. Um, so I'm always for anything that's not typical Hollywood mold. And, and you know, so I like that she had an interesting look. She's, she's very distinct looking. And yeah, I, I really liked it. And every time I like a show, they always are very limited. So Yeah, they are very, very short. Like, yeah. I know, I read in the article they are trying to do season two for it. And uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't yeah, think it needs that. Sure. No, I'm not sure. Like, I, uh, they're going to ruin the show. I'm scared. <laughs> Everyone is like that with the, you know, how, we know how Game of Thrones ended. So when it just becomes about the money and audience grabbing, I just think it becomes a little too much. Yeah, so that's why... I don't know. I'm scared. They should have just done it a little bit longer, but every time I like a season, anyway. So, and what did you think of 
Trump now that show. The oh, the Trump now that's a very well done documentary. As far as documentaries right? goes, it's great. I think they try to stay impartial. I mean, mm-hmm. they seem to be just showing how he was back in the throughout the times in the seventies and the nineties. So much footage. It was so interesting. To see yeah, all especially that from the seventies and eighties. They have so much. I think three episodes worth of footage is just those two decades. Yeah. And I was amazed because I've never seen that. I didn't know New York had all this trouble back then. I wasn't even born. You know, it's I, historic for me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had no, like, I always thought Trump is just, yeah, I know he wasn't the most successful businessman. I knew he had all this money from his parents. But I didn't think that he was, like, spending money lavishly to the point that it was... that that he didn't have any money and that he was actually really bad with money. He was just spending it left and right. And, and oh my God, I couldn't believe it. And then I was like, wow, and this man had the most powerful position in America on taking care of that money? Yeah, but you oh have to see, this God. kind of tells you about the country's uh, situation because everything here is built, built on loans and uh, borrowing. Even people's student loans and education is funded by uh, in- interest rates and, and loans. Oh and- yeah, but ridiculous Usually, like his dad they they make smart investments and his loans but then you you can you know that you can pay them off over time not like the Taj Mahal that he built where everyone was projecting that there's no, no way he would yeah. ever pay this off and then you know of course went bankrupt right away and then didn't pay all these little companies and they will all went bankrupt because of him yeah I mean you know that uh, I think is large uh, figures and I think obviously he has no conscious of to speak of so he doesn't he doesn't seem to care at all yeah well he doesn't care about those companies no but he has no concept even of money like he just if he was a smart man he wouldn't have built this Taj Mahal he would have known I know like everyone else I told him would have known that that's not working out but I think he got into the Bernie Madoff situation when he just like you know he did something on accident with a tax break early on and he figured out that's kind of like his his thing and he just continued, you know, and that's that's what kind of uh, he he took it further and further and bigger and bigger bets, bigger and bigger tax breaks and money that he was trying to, you know, basically extort from the government of New York. And yeah, I <laughs> it's uh, it should be, you know, against the law, these things, uh, they shouldn't, these corporations shouldn't be asked for. No, of course not. Yeah, and but, it was you know, interesting to see all of his the women that he went through. And, oh, and gosh, yeah. Said, he doesn't want to sleep with a woman that had kids and he's talking about <laughs> the mother of his children. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's his, that's his personality. So to me, like, uh, you have to kind of take it apart. Like, I don't really care what his personality is, but you know that he he doesn't have any... Um, empathy he doesn't have any conscience which is a huge deal and then you know that he's also very bad uh, with money he just basically got lucky and then he tried to increase his bets and he failed he bankrupted himself and which nobody seems to i think you know people were talking about that here most people knew him on the west coast at least as like uh you know atlantic city bankrupt guy i think but you know the the middle of the country i guess thought of otherwise yeah i mean yeah. I wish they would. I wish they would watch the documentary, but who knows what they would tell themselves. But yeah, like it would be just it. like oh, it's... they are trying to smear campaign. Every shot is made to be framing him badly. It's obvious that's what they would say. But at the same time, like he's just like freaking trashy, like gold plated pillars. Like <laughs> fuck off. Like you know what? Like what? and then even then, like the, your 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 Taj Mahal is so fucking gitch. You know, it's just too much. Like uh, it's just you went. 
you went like nuts. And uh, I don't even know what was that fourteen karat gold um, fo- food bowl for the dogs. And oh. yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so gross. Everything yeah. has to be gold, and and that fourteen karat. Is there any other kind? And oh, yeah, you don't even have taste. Just... Like he's like, okay, I'm also watching The Crown. Which is like, oh my god, okay, well, they have taste, they have, like, traditions, and they abide by, you know, obviously the ceremony of royal, uh, everything. And then here, it's like, they are like the American royalty, in contrast, you know, the Trumps, and it's like so fucking trashy, it's like, you're comfortable. So trashy, but again, so irresponsible, where he needed, at his wedding, he needed each table to have 14 carats called this and called that, and there was so much money wasted, again, as smart businessmen. Why? No one cares if, if this little thing has gold or not or it's just yeah you'd be surprised i think how you you get into that mindset i think a lot of people get tricked into that uh who get rich fast and uh they make these successful Mm -hmm. exactly they make those mistakes yeah trump was born into riches he had a smart businessman father that was teaching him how to make riches yeah yeah he was born yeah, into usually, riches, but I think his dad was more like he earned everything and his dad was more, um, what's the word, when you're more stingy with your money, I think he was more, you know, on the reserve side on, and then Trump just, like, you know, the trust fund baby goes nuts and buys the Ferraris and uh, who knows what. Yeah. You know, it just seems like a bit, <laughs> I don't know, stereotypical, but yeah, I, I don't even know. It's a good show because I think, what, four or five episodes was the first season. Is there going to be another season? No. I mean, I would think so, because they haven't got into the best part, the the actual him running. They got to the point when he's, again, skirting you know, Obama and all that, uh, you know, when Obama make fun of, makes fun of him, you know, and then after that, basically, that's what spurs him. That is, yeah, that, but it, it, it stopped, well, the show's called How He Became president um how how yeah how he got to the presidency and then it the show stops at the very point where he got elected and that's it and then he stops because that's basically then he became president yeah but i thought they would they would maybe have more uh on the fact that how his campaign went because to me i i didn't pay attention because i just didn't believe i lived here i just couldn't believe that this is gonna happen so i downplayed I downplayed the whole time, even to the day of it. I was like, no, this is not happening. These people of the U.S., especially living in the Bay Area, I, you know, you see a lot of, like, uh, you yeah. know, people who are liberals. educated, liberals, and, and you just don't see how could this happen. Because I didn't well, pay attention. I mean, I, I wasn't able it, to vote at the time either yet, but... Um, they showed it exactly how how it, how it happened, and they really lined it out, and they explained it that, that, that guy that was helping him, I forgot his name, that uh, knew exactly what he was doing, that this is the mm-hmm. right time for him to be president um, yeah. and of what's going on. And they even see, they show the exact moment where he got triggered by Obama and he never forgave him for that. Never. I bet. You can tell the that he wouldn't. exact moment. That is so crazy. And that's when he turned and was like, fuck Obama. Yeah. And then started the birther thing and all that oh my god it's crazy oh that was the end of the birther thing because that's when obama joked that like you know finally Mm -hmm. someone cares that i finally the state of uh, hawaii released my birth certificate and only one person in the room cares as much as donald trump you know it's like it's ridiculous that that speech by obama was awesome i mean he has good speech writers there is always good humor always awesome jokes uh but yeah like 
Trump was like just not having that night because him and Melania showed up there like, oh, we are here as the next in power. Like, and then they got yeah. roasted. They were like basically given a roast. Yeah, basically. And he has no basically. fucking sense of humor, you know? He doesn't even see it like this is how funny you look to everyone. That's It's just like, just take the roast, man. He started it with the Bertha thing. Like he had absolute rights to, to roast him a little bit. Yeah. Even had it been the other way around, had anybody roasted Obama like that, and I'm sure many people have, he would just laugh about it and be like, yeah. whatever. But Trump's ego can't handle it. Yeah, so. the ego issue is a big, big deal for him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, they also show it in the documentary, the uh, Twitter rise, that partially Twitter fueled him also. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. How, he, how people were telling him about Twitter and teaching him. Yeah, so and then he is now obviously there about... every day using that platform as his, like, main yeah. little soapbox. Okay. Yeah, how he was finally learning. It's so funny how, like, it's like teaching your crazy uncle Twitter and now he's like... <laughs> You created a monster. They really did. They really did. Which brings to the social media thing of how much yeah. we actually can trust social media. And I honestly, I'm going to say I hated that documentary. You did. The social dilemma. We're talking about the social dilemma. Yeah. Why did you hate it? I mean, it was just unprofessional for me as far as documentaries go. It's like they got the B crew to create it. And those little little actor-created sequences were trash. That, that I didn't like, yes. I didn't like the I had to fast-forward at some point that shit. Like, it's, like, very amateur, you know? Like, I've seen good productions. I've worked in field creating media. And this is, like, who made this? It's just very bad, yeah. like... No, I didn't like. I I didn't like all that. It's like treating me like I'm I'm a little child or something. Like I I didn't need all these like where the, the three people were in the brain basically. Oh gosh, no, and that's not how it works. Stuff. I yeah. did not like. But what did you think of the message? Of Look, the message I've already known. I read books about this. There is a really good book from Yuval Noah Harari. He wrote a book. It's called Twenty First. Um, lessons for the 21st century or 21 lessons for the 21st century and uh, in that book he basically outlines this that AI is gonna be ruling everywhere and it already is and if you don't and I also worked in these fields you know so I have a bit more I guess different side I obviously don't know anything about AI research I'm not one of those smart people but I've seen how it is and I've seen how every of these large corporations are developing these things okay it's no and secret for me, but I see how it is a secret to an end user, basically, who just sits down in front of Facebook. But not um, necessarily a millennial, you know, end user. They already understand how this works. They grew up with it. And the whole, the way they portrayed that, oh, it's changing our brains and we are not ready. It's like, bitch, you're smarter than a fucking computer and a little algorithm just turned the shit off. Yeah, but um, I think the main message here was that um, it's because the advertisers, they want to grab advertisers. In order to grab advertisers, they're giving them stories in some of these stories might not be true. Like the uh, stories about Trump, stories about Biden, they give you the feed you exactly what you want to see. And even if it's not true, and therefore now they created the monster in people because they believe these stories. And that's see, only because they wanted to get advertisers. And now yeah, these yeah. people believe them and you create, you created this, this craziness of people because no one is fact checking and, and believing things that shouldn't be, in every belief, like the flat earthers, yes. they get they get fed every day. Oh, this is why the earth is flat. This is yeah, why but the you earth have to flat. ask yourself a question: like, how, what kind of person does this work on? Like, something went wrong there. If a person cannot see that, hey, these uh, obviously fake stuff are 
like poison basically like how can you not turn that off and say like i'm not gonna watch it, it. i'm not gonna read it it's it works on most people it works on what? I mean, even people i know yeah even people i know they get messages and and all of a sudden they question so was covid maybe you know is that maybe a reason for this or maybe it was a reason for that because they keep getting that same message and they keep getting different um examples yeah. and they keep getting different it, it it works subtly it works very subtly yeah. and obviously it's working in most of the people because you have people believing all kinds of crazy shit these days well, that's even true I, I mean sometimes, to me i i just don't i sometimes fall for articles when yeah. i read them and then i'm like oh my god i can't believe this happened and then i get another article i'm like oh my god this must have happened and then i send it to my husband and then usually he's like are you sure and then we like double check and triple check and then and then we're like oh i don't think that actually did happen but it's not always easy to find if it actually happened or not and it's it's quite easy to mm -hmm. to fall into that pattern and it's all because they want to get your advertisers attention yeah that's that's you know that's the wrong um situation and that's why you know mark zuckerberg was in front of congress that's why he had yeah. to go up there and uh plead stuff i don't know how that works either but like he obviously had to be there for a couple of days be grilled about mm -hmm. this and mm -hmm. you know uh <laughs> it's it's crazy to me that someone intentionally would allow this yeah just for advertisers they keep feeding the flat earth a small reason why the earth is flat and that's just so fucked up it's so fucked up and that's how you get people more and more and more messed up yeah, you would it's think that they have a bit of a responsibility, responsibility to, to when you create a platform that allows opinions to be exchanged and put information mm. out there to check that information, right? Yeah. But see, that's like the, we were in the basic, the, basically the evolution, you know, we've seen this thing grow up and we are kind of millennials, but we are on the older spectrum of millennials. Um, and I don't even call myself a millennial because I come from a different country. I think it doesn't quite apply. You know, I've seen MySpace and how that came up and went away. And I've seen how Facebook came up and turned into from like, it just it just evolved, you know, into something yeah. monstrous. And I mean, obviously, the guy Awful who money. was on that documentary and was talking about monetization, he wasn't even ashamed, you know? I mean, he just monetized, <laughs> like, but that's what, that's what he was hired for. He's like, that's what we do. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we do. But I also found it disgusting that all these little Stanford white boys, frat boys are just up there and they like trying to be like the voice of reason all of a sudden. It's like, boy, you should have stepped in when you had the foot, you know, you had the position, you had the place. That's when you should have spoke up, not after the fact, five years, ten years down the line, you know. It's a little late. So yeah, how? Yeah. so at this point, I just think they are those guys who were interviewed there. They were just self-promoting. They were also not very interested and they are a fucking fret boy circle so I'm not interested in what they have to say because they would have had ways to stop it as it was happening yeah but it, it does take a lot it does take a lot of courage to, to do that um, to step up when you have when you do have a powerful position it is hard to be in that position but I see what you're saying of course they're all spoiled brats and, and frat boys absolutely but you know it's not always easy to speak up and and yeah, yeah but what are I'm they sure losing they that's the question like what are they losing their integrity you know and to me there is like uh you are in this in those position you call yourself an intelligent person who develops these platforms you have to and this one guy spoke up about the email right he's addicted to email to me that was like a ridiculous thing who the fuck is addicted to the email anyway so okay that's his big problem email addiction and he spoke up about it like everything we put in front of users i'm like okay that's starting 
first to the thought that and then it went nowhere. It's like I doubt it went nowhere. If companies today they have meetings and meetings and meetings about like usability, UX and design and how to not just how to engage users, but I think there has to be a voice of how to ethically engage users. And that's what they should have they should have shouldn't have left. He shouldn't have like, you know, pouted. He should have been more effective. He was in the circle. He should have used his leverage, but I guess not. So yeah. to, to me, I mean, that, that's what's annoying because, you know, not everyone can be in those rooms. And uh, yeah, it's, of course. it's frustrating I mean, when people who maybe. are like this uh, claim to be like, I was in the room and I'm like, you did nothing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it doesn't, you know, affect you and me or older people as much but it definitely will influence and affect the young generation um people are on facebook whether it's allowed or not in their teenage years they just are yeah but see i think the next generation will will grow up with this and uh, you know next generation will be have we have different point of view because they are in this already uh i see my kids and it's not. I just have to teach them, look, everything you see on there, you have to take it with a grain of salt and understand not everything is true. And we don't know what's real. Let's talk about that. We don't know. You know, we have a lot of um, things to talk, I teach our kids, but that's why it would be important to get past the COVID and get back into personal, real relationships where you can have a discussion with a person and understand what your community is like. Because in the US, it's kind of, you know, on the and of like fraying really yeah but yeah I'm, I'm definitely scared of what it's doing to the young generation so i don't know um, yeah i mean was... i think the young generation sees uh, a lot of instagram things and they don't understand that's a promotional message and that's what people have to come up with explaining yeah. to them that you know girls with the pouty lips is not the norm like you just be yourself and we want you to be yourself we don't want you to be like her you know well yeah i mean Try explaining that to all the influencers because they yeah. all look the same. They all they, look the same. Well, it's kind so, of like Orange of County when I moved down there and they all look the same because they go to the same plastic surgeon, you know? it's Yeah, but they all, like, all on Instagram, everyone is getting, everyone's starting to look the same and it's hard, especially as a young girl, and it doesn't matter yeah. if your mom tells you you're perfect because your mom, of course, is going to tell you that. But, yeah. of course, you're going to want to look like the Instagram girls. And also, there was actually, um, on that topic, there was on 60 Minutes, there was um, about uh, TikTok mm-hmm. and how TikTok is actually owned by a Chinese company. And Chinese companies are required to give all of your personal information to the government. And all of the personal information that's coming into TikTok, even how we scroll, how we type, mm-hmm. everything is now going to the Chinese, I mean, not mine, because I'm not on TikTok, but it's going to the Chinese. Yeah, I have news government. for you. Every every app company does that. They usually use it, though, in the U.S. to to uh, collect that data for their own feedback to develop the apps better. So if, a the customer, if the customer, you know, clicks on this area where there's nothing, then they have to make the buttons bigger and stuff like that. But like in the um, U.S., in the US yes. but you don't know what the change. But again, this is your responsibility to teach your kids how to handle this new thing and you know, obviously it's going to be a learning curve, but you can't, it's it's like with everything, with the evolution, with everything, you know, when they said TV is going to poison our brains and... Yeah, I mean, no one knew this about TikTok, I didn't know it, so this is the yeah. information, and they, I forgot what it was, but they did talk about what, um, why the uh, Chinese government would need that information or could use that information. Yeah, um, I don't know how they it's actually... It's sinister. Yeah. It's definitely sinister. It is sinister um, that they are collecting it and they do have it. But 
Yeah, um, you know, these these political alliances and these political rivalries uh, is, you know, gonna seep into everywhere. I don't use TikTok specifically, so I have no, no idea how it works or what it oh, looks gosh. like or whatever. I just, it's I just, old now. <laughs> it's old. It's not even allowed. I don't even know. Did didn't Trump ban it or what? Uh, yeah, Trump had a whole spiel on the whole idea. A week was spent on how he was gonna ban TikTok. You know, he hates China and all that. He talks a lot when the day is long. I have no idea yeah. what he talked about. Yeah, so he no, talks. That was the whole thing. Banned. He was definitely was gonna ban TikTok because of the Chinese government spying. So, but you know, that's the funny part that now all of a sudden Hong Kong is uh, was really uh, Hong Kong people were against, were really for Trump because he, you know, Trump is against China and Hong Kong is against China and this is strange bedfellowship. Like, yeah, you know, all of a sudden he says one thing, you cannot be his best friend. You know, just for that one thing. So. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a difficult thing, but you know, it's not as difficult as you think because at the end of the day, you can turn the little device off and you can go away and you can see the people who truly care. And honestly, to me, to this day, the hardest part is still find the people in your real life, you know, IRL, who, who yeah, truly yeah, yeah. fucking care. And that's what you care about. And that's what you need to seek in your motherfucking life. <laughs> it's that that's easy. True. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to curse, but it just it riles me up. because. Because it's, uh, it's one of those that, that we think about it, it's so hard, but it's really easy. Just shut that shit down and you're out. Uh, I know that teenagers are a difficult topic, but I mean, you know, they're not, they're not as uh, dumb as you think. Oh, no, 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 they're not dumb. They're just rebellious. And I'll they're talk rebellious. to you when you boys yeah. are teenagers and we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, you have to create this, uh, these uh, things that they can go on, calling names and bullying each other. That's what you need to build safeguards for and block that kind of uh, attention-seeking or that negative things on these platforms. And that's what I think a good developer would do, a good commu community service person good. would do. Yeah, somebody that's not... The thing is, it always comes down to money. It's not... It's about the being... The sellouts. The sellouts. They're selling out to the advertising companies. They're selling out to whoever is giving in the most money. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, the new version of Monopoly, how it used to be about real estate, the new latest version of Monopoly is just buying advertising space. What? <laughs> yes. No, you're no. kidding. I don't buy it. I hate Monopoly with all my, uh, with a passion. I'm kidding. Is this real? Yeah, because that's how, you know, Monopoly was developed to be like an anti- uh, landlord uh, thing to call attention to people's, uh, to call attention to like, hey, these, these landlords are like sucking your blood. Yeah. And then it turned yeah. into these things that where people really love to bankrupt their little friends around the table. And, you know, now it's just turning into advertising space buying. And that's, you know, we have to find something real again in, in our world, in our life. Oh and this is my hippie talking because I want nothing more than a little basket weave in the Andes for my side job, you know. I don't, I don't want to be participating in this big tech. Honestly, it's not all that. You, I want to be participating in it in a sense that maybe I could help out. But sometimes what they're asking of you is so much for the money and for reasons that you may not want to be involved in. Yeah, well, if you if you like the hippiness, there is a great um, documentary, Expedition Happiness, mm -hmm. um, on Netflix. I started watching it. Um, it's very hippie, and it's about two Germans, actually, mm -hmm. that have they made um, a school bus over and just travel throughout Canada and the U.S. and all that, and it's just... Um, and just their travels and their So, so how issues. hippie are we talking? Are they like Rasta-wearing hippie or are they just like like nature and they like wear, I don't know. 
they don't have rastas no and they have a dog and they are just um she's a singer and so you can hear her music in it too uh-huh. and it's really i mean i like the music because it's very like california hipster yeah i watched it music so it's totally my kind of music i could listen to music all day long but um it's just it's just um an uplifting great documentary it's it's you know something you can watch on the side i yeah I you can you can see that i think a lot of people here uh, at least in california want to go back to these uh like they want to start their own business in whatever their passion is like if it's bread baking or if it's something like that but um especially in this state it's hard to get off the yeah. ground with with these little adventure ideas you know so yeah this is um a lot of people wind up in, in working for corporations that they don't maybe necessarily agree with. Exactly. Yeah, of course. That's how so many people leave corporate America and, and do something on their own or build their own business. Because, yeah, it's just you don't agree with the company or you're overworked or you don't get enough vacation and, and the typical, or you, yeah, the, you know, typical what the American dream was. Yeah, so that's the thing. The American dream is such a... Um, you know, I think people in Europe have the American dream much more easier, don't you think? I don't know. I, I don't live there right now, but you see it. I don't know if it's true. Because they can have a space where they live. They don't always have to worry about their income and how much they owe as far as loans. Isn't that the case? Yeah, it is the case. It just depends on what you define as the American dream. Because I always define it as you start as a dishwasher and you end up as a CEO. Uh, uh-huh. Which is still possible in America. But it's not possible in Germany, really. It's very, 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 very rare. Oh, I see. I thought have... I, I define but... it like you must have your house and a little... Uh, I, yeah, I really don't know. I, I just define it like... It's more attainable here. Yes, more, most people have... Most people live... We have a much bigger um, middle class. Let me say, put it this way. We have a huge middle class. In mm-hmm. America, the middle class is almost disappearing. It's like either you're re- wealthy or rich or you're barely making it and living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And then you won't have a house, of course. So you either, you know... So the middle class is very small in America. Here it's really big. So most people live comfortably they're not rich but you know they have at least they, they have what they need they don't live paycheck to paycheck but they live comfortable without being rich yeah mm-hmm. let me put it that way so i guess and now in, in that aspect probably it's more here right now the american dream yeah but i see it. how you mean like i think a lot of people define it by what you just said that you can yeah, j- jump maybe. jump your career like up and you know to this day i think it has to be true for germany because you can just start a youtube channel and who knows i think it can become still i don't know how hard it is but it might be harder than it used to be in the past but it could still become i guess famous oh yeah online stuff of course online yeah. stuff is no matter where in the world you are you can be a youtuber wherever you are i mean that doesn't matter where in the world you are yeah yeah and that's what we are doing i mean we basically i i left my corporate job i just couldn't stand it anymore i don't know i don't know how much i can say about i use i did a contract that Apple and I don't really want to you know I don't want to be unemployable by talking about the companies uh, in, a, in any way uh, but yeah. so basically you know I have to watch my mouth on that subject but I uh, <laughs> I just I just don't want to be there right now and that's why we yeah. are doing the podcast because we have a lot to say we feel like we have a good friendship and we want to talk and uh, you know it's a great yeah. way to just see if any people wants to engage in this kind of conversations to basically not just scratch the layer but be there with your opinions and and your opposing opinions, and I want to hear what you have to say. Because a lot of conversation here in the U.S., I think it's so superficial. 
and stays on yeah. such a high level that it never gets interesting to me. Yeah, so that's perfect. If you guys want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us Eurotrash Weekly on Instagram, Twitter, even Facebook now. And we have an email, eurotrashweekly at gmail.com. So you guys can always reach out to us. Don't forget to give us five-star reviews, please. I just really put, help us. I just put the show on Spotify. I put the show on uh, oh, Amazon Music. I put perfect. it on uh, Apple Podcast was our second thing and it's still on SoundCloud. And um, yeah, I mean, five-star reviews and subscriptions would be awesome. And I hope yep. you guys like it. Thank you for your support. And you can reach out to us anytime. And until then, we see you next week. Bye. Bye.